Um, and I just felt like God wanted to remind us women um, that he values us, he loves us, we are important and we have a significant part to play um, today. Um, many women have had, played many significant parts um, in the Bible and we, um, I just felt that God wanted to remind yeah. us of that. Okay, so yes, Esther is an orphan um, and Mordecai is her relative who looks after her. Um, and she's been called Esther by non-Jews. So straight away, her religion has been concealed. She was under a huge amount of pressure to conform to the culture that surrounded her. That she didn't really belong to. Does anyone else understand that feeling? God granted her favour. Favour among the king's officials and among the king. And eventually she became the queen of where? Nice, on Persia, fantastic. And this is where we dive right into chapter three. And this is where the first time we are introduced to a man called Haman. Ooh. Okay, in your groups, do you know anything about Haman? Two minutes, off we go. Okay, um, coming back to me, to the front. Oh, we've got a, a hand up at the back. What do we know about Haman? Um, that he wanted to kill all the Jewish people. Wow! Big round of applause for you! Do you want to some sweets? I would throw them, but I've not played netball in literally about nine months. And as you can see, my bow is not good. Fantastic! Amazing! So, throughout this talk, I would love a little bit of um, feedback from the audience, I suppose. So whenever I say Esther, you are going to say... Wow. And whenever I say Haman, you're going to say... Wow. Got naturals, honestly. Well done. Okay, kids, we have got an exciting task for you today. I'm not going to keep pulling you back every so often to join in, but we have got some wonderful colouring that you can do at the back. There is also um, some colouring pencils for you to take. Um, there is um, the word searches and things like that. But the main task today, which I have lost, oh it's here, is a clock. And today we are talking all about how God has made us for a specific time as this. So this is your main task. Okay, you can decorate it as much as you want and we're going to be sharing it later in front of everybody, hopefully. And then we're going to be coming back to this point at the end of the thing. So if you want to head to the back, grab it from Becca. You can come back to your seats and be with your family if you want to as well. Okay, so we are introduced to a man named Haman. Nice, 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 nice. So we know that Haman... Um, is actually a very powerful man. In chapter 3, verse 1, it talks about how he was elevated above all of the other nobles and everyone other than the king had to bow down in front of him. But one person, Mordecai, would not bow down. Now this was a good test of Haman's character. He was given this power, and how would he react when people refused to bow down to him? 
Some royal officials noticed Mordecai's behaviour and questioned Haman if Mordecai's behaviour well would be tolerated. And right here, he had a choice about how he would react. He could have said, you know what, it's fine. I don't need everyone to bow down in front of me. But the power went to his head. Yeah. He thought that everybody should bow down in front of him. And when one person didn't, fear arose in him. He didn't want loads of people to refuse to bow down to him. He didn't want to lose this power that he had finally grasped. He was full of pride and felt that everyone should bow down in front of him. If we compare him to Jesus, Jesus shows us how he should have reacted. Jesus had all of the power in the world, but he was humble. He was a king, but he came to earth as a servant, not a ruler. Haman was scared of what others thought and was frightened of losing this power. Yet instead of having insecurities like Haman, Jesus was confident in who he was. He knew that he would be rejected by people, yet he still spoke the truth. Jesus is the better ruler. Now in verse 5, this is where we see how Haman reacts. reacts. And I have got a cheap bottle of cola. Um, Ali, can you open it for me? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hang on a minute. What? I see where this is going. Oh, yeah. No, you can can be out of the splash zone. You'll be out of the splash zone, don't worry. Okay, so Haman reacted. Haman And in verse 5, when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honour, he was enraged. He was furious about what had just happened. He exploded just like the Coke bottle. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we can actually react like this. When things are going wrong in our lives, We get furious, we don't know how to control, we just explode. But Jesus, Jesus always chose to love. Offence divides, love unites. Have you ever thought, um, have you ever gotten yourself, sorry, into a thought cycle where you just get more and more frustrated by something that's so small, but you just allow it to become and blow out of proportion? Well, Haman allowed this to happen. He allowed his anger to escalate and escalate until he reached a point that rather than just killing Mordecai, he wanted to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, as ultimate punishment. Now he knows that he needs the king's agreement to do this. He has to control the situation. He can't possibly just ignore what happens to Mordecai. He has to control the king to get what he wants, and he knows exactly how to do it. He plays on King Xerxes' fear. He's already faced one assassination threat. He he knows that the king won't want another one. How amazing is it that actually Jesus doesn't control us? He doesn't need to manipulate us. He can just help us through any situation. 
To King Xerxes agrees to Haman's wishes to kill the Jews. And you can see that actually, this is not just one occasion where this the threat happens against the Jews. There are generations of anger towards the Jews. The enemy always has and always will have a plan to take out the people of God. He calls his way in to try and harm God's people. But praise God for his plan. Yeah. Now I know sometimes I can get frustrated when I'm not in control. Um, when I used to live at home with my parents and I'd lose my house keys or something wasn't happening and I was getting frustrated, my dad would always say to me, well have you prayed? Oh, and that frustrated me even more because I wanted to control the situation. I wanted to find my keys or whatever it was. But actually, if I let God take control, I knew that I'd be at peace and I'd find the keys or that whatever the situation that I was in would miraculously improve. So sometimes we can distance ourselves from Haman. But actually, sometimes we might be more like Haman on occasion than we think. Now that's not saying that we're bad people at all, but sometimes our, how we react to things isn't like Jesus. Yeah. Do we um, get mad when things don't go our way? How do we use the power when it's given to us? Are we trying to control people around us because we are scared? So in your groups, I just want you to discuss, do you feel like sometimes you can react like Haman? Rather than Jesus. How should that, every time I say Jesus actually, how should we react? Really? Yeah! Nice, okay. So in your groups, just really quickly, you won't have to share this at the front either. Just do you feel like sometimes you react like Haman rather than acting like Jesus? Really? Yeah. Two minutes off you go. Sometimes we can react like Haman um, rather than Jesus. Um, and that's okay. Um, but um, we want to be more like Jesus um, as we go. So we know that God's hand is at work right from the beginning of Esther. He puts Esther as queen. And in chapter 3, verse 7, we find out that God intervened here as well. Now there was a lot like a throwing of the dice, a gamble as to when the Jews were going to be killed. Now it could have easily fallen the next day, but actually God intervened and it was decided that it would happen much further down the line. Now, that, now that's not to say that if it did happen the next day, that God wouldn't have been able to intervene. Yes. But by that time, it allowed God's plan to happen. So the decree is written and the people of Susa are told that all the Jews will die. They have just been told this. And in verse 15, it shows us the king and Haman's character. They have just dropped the biggest bombshell on these people and they decide to go and have a drink. They go and almost celebrate what they have done. But the people of Susa are bewildered. Now I know if someone was going to say to me, Arthur would be killed, I would be going out of my mind. I don't know how I would be reacting in that situation. I'm not sure if I'd be trusting God. I'd be very fearful. But when life is not going well, all you can do is stand on his promises. Yeah. And John 10, 10. 
says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. And sometimes all that's all we can do is just rely on these promises that God has given for us. So in chapter four, this is where we see the more of the story. Um, can I possibly have um, the, actually I have the clipper. I don't know how it works. Can you skip on a little bit more onto the PowerPoint? Yeah, and again, and again, beautiful. Uh, let's do one more. Okay, this is chapter four. Now, I'm not going to read it all out to you because it is quite long, but if you want to and you've not read it, I would really encourage you to read chapter four the whole way through. So I'm just going to kind of briefly summarise what happens. So Mordecai asks Esther to go and and see the king. Okay, she has just found out that the the Jews are going to be killed. She's going to go and plead to the king that that he will intervene and he will save them. But under normal circumstances, you can't just approach the king. Esther, Esther as queen, can't even approach the king. You have to be invited, and she hasn't been invited in 30 days. And if she approaches the king, and the king says, you know what, I don't want to see you today, he's well within his rights just to kill her. So this is a serious thing that she's going to have to be going to do. How amazing is it that we can approach our king whenever we want? We don't have to wait, oh, it's been 30 days, he's not inviting me, I can't go see him. No, we can go and see him whenever we want, however we're feeling. How amazing is that? Hebrews 4, uh, verse 16, then says, remember the next one slide, please. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can approach God's throne with, of grace with confidence, not timid, oh, I don't know how he's gonna be at, with confidence whenever we want to. But Esther is scared. She doesn't want to die. And like Rachel shared earlier, how amazing is Jesus is our anchor. When things around us shake us, we can be so confident that Jesus is our anchor through all. We can be bold, we can be strong, because we know that God is going with us. Mordecai has real faith. And in verse 14, it says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. So Mordecai knew that regardless of what Esther was going to do, God will still deliver. Mm. Sometimes God puts us in situations and we don't know how to react. We don't know if we're going to do it or not. And sometimes we don't do what God asks us to do. Okay? But actually, it's amazing that God doesn't just think, okay, well, that person hasn't done what I've asked him to do. Oh dear. God's always got a plan. And Mordecai always knew that regardless of Esther, what she does, God will still intervene. But Mordecai says at the end of uh, verse 14, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai believed that God would save the Jews regardless of Esther's involvement, but challenges her that she was put in this position for this specific time. For this right time. 
that she allowed God to use the position that she was in um, for the salvation of his people. Now, how amazing is it that God's timing is perfect? Are you someone that likes to be on time or are you a little bit late to things? Now, sometimes I like to be a little bit, well, I don't like to be a little bit late, but I am naturally a little bit late. Tom, my husband, he loves to be on time. Um, and actually, how amazing that God, regardless of his late or on time, he is perfect. Yeah. You need to know as well that God has made you for such a time as this. No matter your age, no matter um, your situation, God has put you in a specific time as well. God is the best timekeeper. He's in control by our time, our schedule, or our way of working things. God is sovereign over time. He knows the beginning from the end. And we can be reminded that God isn't someone like me. He's never going to be late to your situation. He is going to be there perfectly on time. Um, and the story goes on. Mordecai believes she's in the right place at the right time. And they come up with a plan. And they decide to fast. Now they are fasting because they are so desperate for God to intervene. And sometimes we can think, oh, if you're fasting, oh, you're just, it's all about you. But actually, no, they decided this was all about him. They needed him to intervene into their situation. And what I find interesting about this is she decides not to fast by herself, but with a group of people around her supporting her. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. And sometimes we can, we should be able to challenge ourselves to do that as well. Okay, not just fasting by yourself, okay, which is an amazing thing, but actually fasting with people around you, supporting you, asking God to intervene into your situation. She decides that she needs the support and she decides to give this all to God. It's not twisting the arm of God saying, we're going to fast for you to intervene. No, she's hungry for the Lord to intervene. And verse 15, she says, if I perish, I perish. She makes a life-changing decision then and there. She's trusting God that he will intervene. Now, you might be afraid of where some of your decisions could lead you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, I believe that's on the PowerPoint too. Oh, amazing. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. How amazing is yeah, that? When we choose to go where, um, sorry. So just as I'm rounding up, I just want you to feel about what situation you are in today. Are you coming up to a situation where you feel concerned, you're feeling worried, you're not sure what to do, you're feeling an Esther. If I do something, something bad might happen, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks what happens to the story. Spoiler alert, it's a great ending. God is good. Um, but I just want to ask you, do you recognise the times that you might have Haven or Esther moments? Sometimes do you want more? Do you sometimes have to control people around you because you're scared? Or do you feel that God's put you in an impossible situation and you're not sure what to do and where you stand? I just want to encourage you that actually God is good, God is faithful, and you can fully trust yeah. in him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd just like to ask you to stand. I'm just going to pray. And then that's going to be it for today.
If you do want prayer at the end, um, please come forward. There's lots of people that would love to pray with you um, and help you in anything that you're feeling right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you fight for us, that you love us, that you care for us, and you want what's best for us. And I just ask now that your Holy Spirit just fill us again with your peace. And I pray for those people who are struggling with certain situations. I pray that you will give them clarity, give them joy, Jesus, and show them how much you love them. Thank you that you have put us in the right place at the right time. You have got a great plan for our lives. And thank you, Jesus, that you are good and you're faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.